Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. This is the Dave Glover Show with Dave, Rachel, and Kevin. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring Outlet. The flooring experts. I got floor.com. I'm all right today. You're going to find a way to cross and you're going to get there. Good afternoon, St. Louis, DGS on KMOX. Sometimes it's harder to say that than others. Not physically, just like, here we go. Here we go. Well, I guess it's happening now. I guess we're going to do this thing. Uh, so it's going to be a weird three days because, like, end of the year, people taking time off. Uh, Andrew is out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which uh, makes a bigger impact than you'd think. Uh, and uh, then Wheels took off today as well because he has no feelings for his co-workers and he had to go to Costco for eight hours. Um, but it's exceedingly quiet. It's like a library in here. It's kind of nice. I- I'm not complaining about it. You have somehow found a way to eliminate the three loudest people. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Amy's out today and tomorrow. She'll be back Wednesday, but you got Kevin is Kevin is otherworldly. I, Kevin is the Shohei of Otani of loud. I He's had to so call loud. him out last week because, you know, we'll be on the breaks in here and Maria's doing the news. And I, I like to try to listen to what's going on with the news in case there's like an issue I need to hit the next button or something. Kevin... What did he, he got like a fudge round from little Debbie or something. He got so excited and he was yelling so loud that it like blacked out all other noise. And I was like, you are the loudest man in the world. I have to try to listen to other things. I did a poll with the newsroom. This was before the show changed and it was Kevin and Amy and me. Um, Because I know that we're in the office we're in down the hall from the newsroom. There's no door on our office. Mm -hmm. So anything that's, in there goes out and I'm, I'm sure the, the newsroom's out here working hard and recording interviews and talking to people doing stories and I'm like they got to be hearing us so I did a poll an informal and I recorded all of it never got to play him but um I said who is the loudest person in our office and every one of them either said nobody said me because I'm not mm-hmm. but they said they are what's going on down there like, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, nothing. That's just the volume that Amy and Kevin talk at. Mm. And it's, the three of them. Oh, my God. It's Oh, and, and then Andrew gets worked up. Yeah. Oh. Woo. He's a loud one, too. Wheeler's adorable, though, because he's like uh, a very self-aware eight-year-old child. Yes, he is. Because yep. he is loud and rude. Like an eight-year-old child. As an eight-year-old child will just, like, start talking and yelling in the middle of parents doing something. <laughs> but then when you say something, he just goes, yep. Like, he, like, he gets it. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he's he very it. humble about yeah, it. He's, he's like, he you're likes, right. Like, he's he's aware. He just, yeah. he just can't help it. Which is good. I mean, the, the one thing that you I always say of people that we would all be better off if everybody had two qualities, empathy and awareness. And Kevin does have both of those. Oh, yeah. 
So when you when you have those things, you can at least say, yeah, you know, I'm sorry about that. And that's a very big deal because he can be very loud or he could say something dumb and then think about it after the fact and go, you know what? That was stupid. Yeah. With with wheels. I've said this on the show before, but when I first met him, I was just like, oh, my gosh, this really loud <laughs> sports bro. Like, I'm never going to get along with this guy. And then he is like the most emotionally intelligent person. Like, he'll just out of nowhere have this take. And it's like, wow, you really put so much thought into that. Yep. Like, He's the best. He, su- he surprised me a lot in that way because I kind of. I didn't feel like he was a bro, but, you know, typical sports guy. Yeah. And I had, I, I've known him, but we never had deep conversations about anything outside of sports. So I kind of figured, yeah. I will say this. Most sports people, not all of them, because I know some who are really emotionally intelligent. But a lot of the sports guys that I know, they can't talk about anything but that. Like, sports is really the only thing they can have a good conversation about. So I didn't think that... I, I shouldn't say I didn't think. I didn't know that Kevin would be able to do what he does. And he's, I think he's very good at it. Mm -hmm. He's very good at having a take where you knew he thought about it. Because I don't think, like I said, most sports guys aren't thinking about stuff outside of that. And for a guy who does sports and plays a ton of video games, you'd think there's no time to do anything else. How how is he reading about anything that's going on in Congress? But he finds it. (laughs) Um, let's see what else, what else, Russ? So we're going to have some friends coming in the next couple, three days. We have uh, Trisha Siegman, who's been great the last few weeks filling in when Rach was in Japan and she'll be here at two, uh, two 30, Steve Harris from KMOV. Uh, never met Steve. Uh, he's the funny guy. He's the guy that does all the packages and like the Timmy Zell of Channel 4. He's coming in at 2.30. Looking forward to meeting Steve. Been watching nice. him for years. Uh, Wiggins, we asked him not to, but he insisted. <laughs> He's going to be here at 3. And then John Hancock will be here at 4. Oh, I got Hancock with me tomorrow. John's great. John is great. Yeah. I, I love John, John Hancock John so much. John is, this is like, we're just, the whole show is about just uh, bashing and then uh, rehabilitating <laughs> yeah. our friends. That's right. But, uh, but yeah, Hancock is one of the most... Uh, textured broadcasters we have at KMOX, you know, like he can do pretty much anything. Yeah. And, and, and he's, uh, I don't know. I, I love having, there are a couple of people that I really can have good conversations with, even though we come, um, from different viewpoints on the politics. Amy obviously is one of them, but, but Hancock is another. Yeah. And I, I didn't know. I mean, I, I knew of him. I didn't know what to expect, but I love talking about, that stuff and somebody who disagrees with me. I enjoy talking about those things with him. Yeah. Anyone who can actually talk about things. I, I can talk about someone who disagrees with me vehemently so long as they can actually and I don't and I don't mean that my definition of talk is that you agree with me. We just know the difference between someone who just yells and screams and name calls and someone who says, Well, what you're not understanding about my position is this. I can talk to anyone who can do that. So, yeah. And besides the yelling, screaming name called the other like acceptable thing or socially acceptable thing that seems to happen a lot is like the deflecting when you're talking about something that's like, yeah, what about what about your side does this? Yes. The what about that's what that's what I really can't take anymore. Uh, So this is my last week of the year forever. Uh, I've taken off those last two weeks of the year because it's not rated. No one cares. So I'm just going to go rot. Uh, But this Friday is a special show. Not only is it my last show of the year, but it it is our big live show happening out at the uh, Hardee's 
Mid Rivers Mall. We need to get that address or posted or something. I think it's 501 Mid Rivers Mall Drive in St. Peter's. I would love it if you're just making that up. <laughs> um, everyone shows See up there. at someone's I'm house. I'm just giving out my home address. <laughs> and uh, we just got the new DJ Shirtson. And where can they see him, Rach? Up on the Dave Glover Show Facebook page. Took a picture of lovely Rach holding it up. And you can see her new hair. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy with the shirts. They're really cool. I pride myself uh, that we've never done a bad t-shirt. I like simple. I like classic. And if uh, uh, even this is the kind of shirt that 30 years from now, if it was on eBay and you had no idea who I was, you'd go, oh, that's a cool t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. Uh, we it cost us like 10 bucks a shirt, you know, in bulk. So we're going to charge you 30 because the money is going to Operation Food Search, and we're only going to bring Great. like 20, 25 mm-hmm. or 30 shirts. So if you want a shirt, I would get there when the show starts uh, around 1 p.m. They'd be great for gifts. I've already stolen mine that I'll give to the kids. And <laughs> Phoebe's got these guys at school who are big DGS fans just because they think it's cool that her dad has a show. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so they have the beanies. Now they're going to get the T-shirts. So <laughs> it's kind of fun. Uh, what else? What else? What oh, else? Rachel nailed the address. It is 501 Mid-Rivers. Yes. Not shocking. Well yes. done. Thanks. Not shocking. It's across from a Starbucks. It's also very close to a Schnucks. I will probably yeah. be hitting the Schnucks up after the, after the show. Can I just confess something really quick? I didn't sleep very well last night, so I'm a little out of it. And even though I've looked directly at Chris several times today, and I clearly know he's wearing a baseball cap, um, out of the corner <laughs> of my eye, I thought you were wearing a cowboy hat for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, yeehaw, go Chris. It would have been pretty awesome. What kind of hat is that? What is it? I can't see it. Looks like it's a, got a bear Cub Scout. On it. Oh, it's a bear's hat. Okay. Bear down. They won yesterday. Nice. Anybody care? Nope. Okay. Um, yeah, let's talk a little sports. So, um, okay, let's talk first about the Chiefs. And this is probably a little bit inside baseball for people who aren't big sports fans, but I think it's as much of a just emotional fairness thing. Mm -hmm. And I'll describe what I think happened. You can correct me. So uh, the Chiefs are like right down to the short hairs and and they need to score. And uh, Mahomes makes a pass to Travis Kelsey, who makes a great catch eludes a runner and then throws a backwards pass, a lateral to the wide receiver who scores a touchdown. One of the best plays I've ever seen. Say what you will about Travis Kelsey, but the guy's an amazing player and there's a flag on the field and the wide receiver who caught uh, Travis's backwards pass and scored had lined up about one, two, three, 20 yards offsides. I mean, he was clearly, clearly offsides. And uh, so they brought it back and Mahomes went ape crap and is screaming and F-bombing. And and when he meets the other quarterback in the middle of the field, that's all he can talk about. And everyone is just bitching and moaning about this call. And here's the basics. It's clearly a penalty, clearly a penalty. But sometimes refs will even like say to the coach, like, hey, your guys, you know, lining up on sides. And I guess it's one of those things like the Chiefs thought it was ticky-tack and, hey, let the guys play. It's not about you. And so now it's a big thing online if you, if you, if you don't care about football or the Chiefs because half the Internet's like, well, it's a violation. He, he lined up off sides. The ref called it. Sorry that you made one of the greatest plays in sports history, but this is the way it's supposed to be. Other people think let the guys play. So – I I can accept the argument of uh, a lot of times they will let go an offside call when a guy is, but his was so he was. If you're looking naked eye, you're looking at it like, oh, he's offside, dude. He's really lined up offside. It was kind of like that. 
And what people are arguing, other people are arguing is, well, the officials will let you know, hey, this guy's offside. That's not true. What happens is receivers or whoever's on the line will check it. We'll we'll ask the hey, am I good? And then he'll say, no, you're not, or whatever. They'll give you that courtesy. They don't have to tell you, you're, hey, 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 man, you're offsides. They don't do that. So he didn't check. He didn't check. You watch the tape. You go back and look at what they call the All-22. And the All-22 is the full view that they don't show on, on TV. You see every, you see pretty much the whole field, the entire field and all the players. You watch him leading up to the snap. He did not ask the official if he was offsides. Yeah. So he was offside. And I, I thought immediately after the game, I saw the video of him on the field, Patrick Mahomes, screaming in in the direction I thought he was screaming at Matt Nagy, who is one of their assistant coaches. And Matt Nagy used to be the Bears coach. So I was like, I had this moment where I'm like, yes, he's yelling at Matt Nagy. This is great. <laughs> but he wasn't. He was yelling at the official. He's wrong. He's wrong. And then he went to the podium, to the lectern after press conference, and doubled down and was wrong again. Yeah. He's just, he's, and I thought it was a really bad look on his part. So I have to imagine he didn't go back and look at it because it was pretty blatant. Didn't the same thing basically happen in their favor at the end of the Super Bowl last that year? They had, um, yeah, yeah, something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but they, they get a lot of calls. The Chiefs get calls, and it's by virtue of being a good team. And that's okay. I don't mind it. Um, he probably gets the benefit of a lot of calls. I don't know. I clearly, he's not taking that into account, but I just thought it was, yeah. I thought it was kind of weak. Yeah. It's kind of weak to be going after the look. And I, I hate defending officials because I think NFL officiating is garbage. And I worse I, than behind the plate umpiring. Uh, most here's the, thing, you, the argument you get is most of the time they get it right. 90% of the time. And that's true. But it seems like they blow it, whether it's a plate ump or an NFL official, they blow it in the biggest moments. So then those calls look really bad. Yeah. And I think they do that a lot. Um, but he's wrong. The, the, if the Chiefs are mad at the they, they're wrong. they're mad at the wrong people. They should be mad at Kadarius Tony for lining up offsides who had no awareness of where he was. Yeah. When it's, the end, it. of, when it's the end of the game and you're about to pull a trick play, just make sure you're not offsides it, by a yard. It's not that hard. But also, what you said earlier about it being such a great play, it, to this point, had it stood, would have been the play of the year. Yes. And of all games, all season long. Yes. It was incredible, and it gave him the lead, and they would have won, probably. There's a life lesson in there. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Details. Yes. Check on your details, because your details couldn't screw you. No matter how great you are, if you break... A basic rule doesn't count. That's right. Yeah. The longest play from scrimmage I ever had in my football career uh, got called back because of a holding call. And it was one that didn't mm -hmm. really affect the play. Right. And I still and I still remember it. Well, how long has that been? 70 years? Yep. <laughs> but I still yeah. I still remember that. Mostly because the coach gave a speech at the at the at the halftime. If I were Glover, I would blah, 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 just like giving the, the lineman so much crap for it. But it's one of those things. I was like Forrest Gump. I was off and running. And it was like a 78-yard run. And the flag had already gone. But by that time, I was lickety split. And so I was just running. And everyone in the stadium but me knew that it was a penalty. That is one of my least favorite things about football. And you, you have to call the hold. You just have to. Um but watching a great play happen and, and watching on TV going, please, no flag, 
please no flag, please, because you know that he's going to get to the end zone and the little yellow thing's going to pop up and then it all gets called back. It's so disappointing. But last night, the Chiefs were wrong and yeah. Mahomes was wrong. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. <laughs> 125 DGS. So let's kind of keep the sports thing going here a little bit with uh, Ranj. So Shohei Otani, $700 million. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. I think it's great. Here's and a lot of people have been arguing for a salary cap now, which I, I don't think is a good idea for baseball. Um, but that's beside the point. The money itself, the Los Angeles Dodgers will recoup every bit of that $700 million over the next several years before the contract is over, they will have paid for that contract. And then some, they're going to make money on this investment. So forget about whether or not he's going to make their team a whole lot better. He is, even if he gets hurt or underperforms, he's still a plus, right? But just from a business standpoint, they will make money on Shohei Otani. So the number sounds ridiculous, like $700 million especially when we were talking about him like maybe he'd get 500, 600 at the most. Nobody was talking about seven. So he gets the 700 and it sounds crazy, but it's really not. If you break this down, he, he's going to be worth so much to them. They're going to get, um, you know, more eyeballs from the Asian market too, which is huge. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that the Dodgers, Otani jersey sales have already exploded if they are available. Um, and as soon as they are available, they're going to they're gonna do so well. So I think it's great. It, it's great. It's great for him. It should push other salaries forward. It doesn't always do it for the lesser guys, but it will do it for the top of the line free agents. So I think it's only good for them. What's up with the, I, I don't understand the deferral thing. So he's taking deferrals in his contract. How so does that work? There is a competitive balance tax in baseball where if you spend, and it's kind of complicated, but if you spend a certain amount of time over a particular threshold, you get penalized on everything over that threshold. Cause it's, cause it's sort of legalized cheating because you're paying so much to your players. Well, in a way it's, it's a, it's a soft salary. To keep you cap. honest that, well, what it really does is it it gives ownership a reason to not spend over that. They say, well, we can't go over the tax. But it really comes down to, like, nothing, a couple million dollars. They make it sound like their salary has to double when they hit that threshold, but it doesn't. It's a few million, and they can all afford it. Um, so that's it. The deferral makes it cheaper for them to do more now with other players. Is it guaranteed? Yeah, all of it. Oh my! That's Lord. how baseball works. That's crazy. Football is really the only one that's not. Football yeah. is if you get hurt and yeah. it's not written, you're you're done. Yeah. Your money's gone. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back, guys. DGS 133. Uh, both Wheeler and Andrew are out today, as is Amy. They're all at a yelling contest. So it's <laughs> me. Everybody else loses. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like when Shoei Otani walks in, you're like, well, there's, yeah, just, there's no need. Yeah, okay. uh, speaking of, I had this thought over the weekend when I saw that Otani got $700 million. And, you know, to, to most of us mere mortals, a million dollars is just too much to even imagine. And I thought that in this weird thing we're going through called life uh, in America, uh, there are a couple ways you can get $700 million. You can be possibly the greatest baseball player of all time and play for 10 years of your life, or you can win a really big lottery. <laughs> yeah. Just spend a dollar. Or, or you could be George Santos on Cameo. <laughs> yeah. He's making a killing. Look at what he said he made 83000 a day. Uh, one day last week. Oh my gosh! Anyway, um, yeah, you'd have to win the lottery. You could be so that contract is the it's the richest in sports history. the The second one is Leo Messi uh, back in 2017. His was for six seventy four with Barcelona. So it's the it's the richest of all time. Uh, I think the second richest in the country is Patrick Mahomes' deal which is for something. I can't remember. Anyway, it's a lot of money and he's going to get every cent of it and they will make it all back. Um, I was just talking to the guys. I watched a movie over the weekend on Netflix called leave the world behind. And uh, at least on my TikTok, everyone's talking about it. There's a big buzz around it because uh, lots of big stars, Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, uh, uh, who's my boy, uh, Kevin Bacon, and it was produced, produced by the Obamas. And people either love it or hate it. And I was in the middle. And I was just telling the guys, like Chris was saying, well, is it worth seeing? Well, it's two and a half hours. But here's what I find interesting about it. As just a movie, if you just watch it as a movie, it's eh, C plus with a weird ending that could piss you off. But then uh, it, it was so meh that uh, on TikTok, people are like, oh, my God, it's the film of the century. And if you didn't love it, it's because you're stupid. You missed all the symbolism. And look at this. Look at how the painting changes. And look at the numbers are here and here and here and here. So enough things that I acknowledge like, oh, I didn't notice that that happened, that I will acknowledge there's more to it than what I saw. But then. Uh, the conspiracy people are all over this. I guess a couple years ago, Netflix had a movie called White Noise, which was about a train derailment in East Palestine, and then it happened. And so now people think not only The Simpsons clairvoyant, but Netflix, oh. and that at minimum, even taking the paranormal out of it, it's, it's about kind of like the end of the world. Right. You know, like, oh, my God, what's going on? What's happening here? The phones don't work, blah, blah, blah. 
And it is, that part's done pretty well. It's pretty scary, pretty claustrophobic. Oh, man, what would I do? Am I prepped at all? But the fact that the Obamas did it, people are saying he, they're telling us that either this is coming or this is what it would be like. And so from that point of view, it's kind of interesting. Hmm. Well, I think there's no other reasonable explanation. It must be the Obamas. The Illuminati, <laughs> at the very least. People love conspiracies so much. and uh, More than ever. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys talked about this. I think you might have. But the, the Kennedy thing is really what started it for us. I can't speak for other countries and what their conspiracy theories are like, but the whole Kennedy assassination and nobody believing it was the way it was presented to us just opened the door mm-hmm. for that that just kind of mentality mm-hmm. where th- there's a psychology, I think, to feeling like you know something other people don't know. And like, I get it. Yeah. I get what's going on here. And the rest of you are sheep and you don't know what's going on. But I know the truth. I think there's some kind of comfort in that. Mm-hmm. So there are people who are constantly looking for the, like you said, Illuminati or the underlying meaning. But sometimes things are just random and sometimes things just happen. Yeah. This is just a movie. Am I the only one who feels like the Internet ruined conspiracies? Like now that everyone can share their conspiracy theories and make a YouTube video about it or like a film like this comes out and you can just see on TikTok all of the Easter eggs. You just have to work a little harder. Yeah. Now it's just like here's everything and everyone goes like, oh, yeah, true. But in the past, you know, like with The Shining, The Shining is a great example. There were so many, you know, conspiracy theories about that movie and what's going on with like the you know, in the pantry, this happens and all this and blah, blah, blah. That was fun because it was like you could only arrive at that through repeated viewing. Now you can just, there's just a cheat code. You can go online and see everything. And I, I think we should bring conspiracy theories back to uh, their grassroots. I agree That's with you. That's my opinion. And it, it has to go back to the people um, outside Daily Plaza just with their little tables set up and their books that they're they're trying to sell you as you're walking by <laughs> as a tourist. Um, that's... it. To take it a step further, people can find each other now. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to find the other people who believe your cuckoo stuff. Which, I mean, I guess sometimes it's harmless, but a lot of times it's not. And the Q stuff led us to a place where it was clearly harmful. Mm-hmm. So there's some bad that comes out of it. Uh, Rach, what's your take on the Harvard thing? Oh, yeah. So the the I guess it's the president of Harvard. Her last name is Gay. Um, mm-hmm. So she... Claudine. Claudine yeah. Gay. She was you know, caught up in the same type of thing as the audio we listened to last week, like basically refusing to admit that calling for the genocide of Jews is against Harvard's conduct. She has come out over the weekend and said, I wish I would have just gone back to my values and, you know, unequivocally condemned that. But instead I was, I was reacting to a long and drawn out, uh, combative and aggressive back and forth. So she's claiming now that she wasn't able to just say like, yes, of course it's against her code of conduct because she felt like her back was up against the wall and she didn't want to like betray the university. And I was at the end of a like kind of a nasty exchange with the least Stefanik. Yeah. 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 And I think that's kind of a microcosm for most fights people get into, right? Like you, it starts with a disagreement and then the disagreement ramps up and then it ramps up some more and then it ramps up some more. And then suddenly you're fighting about something you don't even like, it's not even the original point of what you were fighting about, or you're kind of betraying your, your core values because you're trying to prove a point over here. And that person has moved to the other side of the room. It's just kind of crazy. Uh, I'm not saying she's right. And I'm not saying, 
oh, we should have, you know, we should have compassion on her because I really don't know what was going through her mind. I think she had about 17 times to clarify and say that calling for genocide of Jews is bad and she chose not to make that decision. So, you know, that's on her. But I just thought it was really interesting that she came out and said, I look, of course, I think that I was just I felt like my back was up against a wall. Um, I have uh, something to say about that. But parenthetically, 511 faculty from Harvard have signed a letter having her back Mm -hmm. because a lot of a lot of people, a lot of donors, a lot of mega donors, a lot of alumni are calling for her to resign the way that uh, the lady from UPenn did. And but it seems that the Harvard professors have her back. And the letter basically says uh, we are a free speech campus and we are a pantheon of ideas. And just because she gave an idea that Congress didn't like doesn't mean that she should lose her career. Just so you know. And then a lot of them disagree with her on the way she handled it. It's an issue of this is a bad precedent now Mm. because we and and it's important as you guys talk about it all the time. I know Amy and I talk about it, too, that people misuse First Amendment all the time. They misuse what it means. First Amendment does not mean that we can all come in here and say whatever we want with no repercussions or get fired ever because we have First Amendment rights. It's, it means a completely different thing. In a lot of universities, their code of conduct is basically, when it comes to speech, is basically First Amendment. So, so they've, they've adopted a First Amendment kind of thing, right, which has limits. You can't say whatever you want. You can't incite violence. You can't do something like that. But you can you can be hateful. You can have hateful speech depending on where you are. The FBI talks about this all the time. And you've, you know, Dave, you've done the the FBI stuff. They say, look, Nazis are allowed to have parades. We can't stop them. They're allowed to print hateful stuff. We can't stop them because of our law. And I think that's what a lot of these professors at Harvard are thinking about, that their code of conduct is First Amendment, And if we go down the path of, well, you can say this, but you can't say that, and you're going to get fired if you do, or if you allow it or don't condemn it strongly enough, then that's a bad precedent to set. I think this is going to be a bit uh, gigantically philosophic, which is my stock in trade. But I think that in 2023, we have really forgotten how absolutely flawed human beings are. And we are holding ourselves to a standard that is literally unattainable. Now, does that mean that the the president from UPenn should not have resigned or that uh, Claudine Gay should not resign? No, that's that's a separate issue. But what I will say is this. I really, really wish that rather than putting such a premium on getting somebody and then canceling them, I wish we put that same premium on people just learning. I have been very fortunate in my 24-year career that I have somehow been allowed to change and grow and evolve and change my opinions. Now, there are people out there who would be like, oh, Glover used to be so this, now he's such a wussy, so he's so woke, blah, blah, blah. There are people out there who will criticize me, but and I don't think I've ever taken a position that ever would have been, like, cancelable, you know, in quotes, but I've definitely... Uh, changed my mind over the last quarter century because I've taken in more information. I've grown. I've had. I've matured. I've had. Uh, I've raised two kids. I've had more life experience. And I look back, and I've never had really extreme views, but I look back at some of my views, and I'm like, oh, yuck. Like I, I, 
uh, that wasn't my best moment. That wasn't my best take. And I wish we gave each other. And look, I'm absolutely a hypocrite on this because I'll go after people. I can't believe he said this or she said this. But when someone does genuinely, as opposed to through a PR firm, genuinely seem to go, you know what? I'm not proud of that. That's part of the problem is that people, and I think they should be skeptical sometimes with some people who say, who it comes off like they're saying the right thing to get themselves out of trouble in the moment. And that's why you think, well, do they mean it? Do they really grow? Do they really move beyond this? It's a person who says some racist stuff and they say, I, I've learned my lesson now. Did you, or are you just saying what you need to say to not be in trouble anymore? And I think that's, that's why that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It happens a lot, but I think you also have to do think back. Just let, let's, I've been saying this a lot. I think that we overstate how important what happens on college campuses is because it's not real life. College campus is not real life. Think about... By design. By design. And think about what what you were like and the things that you thought and the people you thought you knew back in college. And if you see them 25 years later, you're like, oh, I didn't know that guy was like that because he probably wasn't because he probably evolved over the years. And so what happens on campuses with protests or anything else, I think you have to you have to look at it like, okay, you're stupid right now and you're going to get some life experience because you're 18 and you'll figure it out, hopefully. But this is not who you're going to be when you're 45. And I don't think we give enough latitude to that idea. We just assume, oh, this is everything's falling apart. Campuses are a they're a cesspool of liberal thought or whatever. And you know, not really. Yeah. Yeah, we just don't. Uh, and again, raising my hand, calling a foul on myself and being a hypocrite, but we just don't give each other much grace at all. And this is not about Claudine Gay or about Delaney from UPenn. That was fairly bad. But just in general, in our communication, you can't do it in a marriage. You can't do it in a friendship. You can't do it as coworkers. We would never we would never survive if we held each other to that insane standard that we hold each other to publicly and online and on Twitter and things like that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 153 DGS. Did you guys see that uh, Ramaswamy got caught on a live mic peeing? Oh, in the bathroom. Like uh, like the naked gun? (laughs) Yes. We can listen to it if you want. I'd love to. Okay, hold on. Optimistic pro-human future. The science and evidence shows is real and that we need. Gentlemen, I have to yeah, go. Yeah, I, I just want to okay. be sort of, uh, yeah, exactly. I want to be clear about my position. I'm, su- I'm super pro-human, and I mean all humans, uh, you know, humans in America, humans in Somebody's Africa, got their thing Asia, open and everywhere Somebody's else. Somebody's phone open in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, Vivek, Vivek, that's, that's your phone, Vivek. I'm not able to mute you. Vivek. <laughs> oh, my God. I love how terrible. So that's from a Twitter Spaces chat. Yes. 
I with Alex to... Jones and all those weirdos. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, Alex Jones was Yeah, it was like was a huge thing, yeah. Every time I listen to a Twitter spaces, it's the worst audio you've ever heard. I mean, I don't know if people could even make out anything they were saying. I could hear the peeing. Yeah, I could hear the peeing as well. <laughs> that was crystal clear. Yeah. Oh and then God. Vivek getting called out for it. So, mm-hmm. so oh uh, speaking of canceled and not canceled, I see that uh, Elon Musk put uh, Jones back on. He did. Oh, he reinstated yeah. him. Reinstated yep. him. Reinstated him. Right. I that's why. And that's. I think that was the reintroduction was to have that Twitter spaces with. There were a bunch of people on it. I know Vivek, obviously him, um, Elon. There was somebody else. All the like, good there were guys. a few prominent people. <laughs> yeah, there are a few prominent people. All the white hats. Yeah, all the best. All the best we have to offer. I. That sounds so terrible to me. Uh, who was the Fox News host? Did you guys hear about this? That um, kind of made fun of Vivek. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, which one it was, but I read the I read that they had really gone in on him. Yeah, something about him being annoying and An uh, embarrassment. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I I need to find that story. I don't have it off the top of my head, but um, they were they went after him pretty hard. Yeah. People just don't like he's a he's one of the most unlikable people I think I've seen in the public eye in a long time. And I, I can't understand why anybody looks at him and goes, yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> I hope Very he's weird. president someday. Yeah, I hope he's the leader of the free world. <laughs> Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to See you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.